My definition of racism is like a hatred of the other race. I think sometimes the enemy can make a word vague so that you don't have a clear definition of it, then everything is, and then a people can be hated. And I think that's the end goal is like, hate them, isolate them, and then I'll take over. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to Episode 22, Justice's Story, Reconciling Grace. The story that came to mind was my wife and I's relationship, how it got started. And so it's more of a work of just what the Holy Spirit did, working through her parents because they were not okay with us being married because I was black. I still am, by the way. In North Louisiana, if you don't talk a certain way or look a certain way, you're just pigeonholed. And it's not on purpose. It's just things have been a certain way for a long time. And people have a hard time moving out of the norm. It's part of what makes Louisiana great. It's like it's been the same. It's a slow pace. You can't make Louisiana busy. I mean, they call New Orleans the big easy. Like, it is hard to change, and that's why some people move there. It's just like, I want a new pace of life. I don't want to have to worry about certain things. Um, At the same time, there's still a lot of racial tension. And for if you're white, you usually look a certain way, talk a certain way, and you hang around in this like the same circle. And it's not that you're keeping people out, but you're not really looking to bring anybody in that's different than you. We all do that. We attach ourselves to similar. I moved here it was a, to Louisiana. It was a culture shock. I'd never been called nigger. I'd never um, been like looked at as less than or different. And so I had to kind of learn. And if you're African-American, you look a certain way, you act a certain way, you kind of have a similar background. And I didn't have that. Like, at all. Like, I talked proper English, and they thought that was hilarious. I um, I didn't do certain things, and they thought that was weird. Like, and so they didn't necessarily want me around. Um, and, and, and so it was both sides. And I don't think they were being necessarily racist. Again, I might have a different definition. They just, I was different. And the only people that we could have commonality with were people from other countries that were like first generation here. And so those people were like, oh yeah, like that's like we, this is our lives are very similar, like very, very similar. And so we just were able to spend time together. And um, I ended up having some great friends that were white in Louisiana through church. Um, And my brother actually had a lot of favor with the African-American community. And so I got to see a, a lot of, all of it, which I think helped me hear, like, know how to act and respond in certain situations because I'd seen it all. I'd been in every circle. And so I knew their hearts and I knew their intentions. And so I didn't hold anything against anybody. So Stephanie and I, Stephanie, my wife and I, um, we met through our pastor, John, at a karaoke a karaoke bar. He knew she was single and he was like, would you... Would you, would you date this guy? And she was like, eh, maybe. I was super excited. Like I knew she was the one pretty soon. And we, uh, I, because of that, I wanted to take her to meet my parents. And 
on the way there, as we started talking about our relationship and all that kind of stuff, she said, you know, there's something I need to share with you. And um, I think I had an idea what it might be because I was just asking her questions about her family and she was kind of short, not really sharing a ton. Um, and she was like, I, you know, we need to talk. So we pulled over on our way to Ruston, Louisiana. So it was about a three hour drive and it was a serious talk. And she said, you know, I've got something to share with you. My parents are not okay with me dating someone that's black. And I don't know why, but I was, I think because I was raised in Louisiana where there is some racial tension, I kind of knew that, that there was a chance for that by dating someone that was a different color than me. Um, so I really wasn't thrown off by it. I was like, oh, sweet. And I just, I was in love with her. So I was just like, oh, it'll work out. Like, this is going to be great. Um, but she was really sad because, you know, any, any woman wants her family to, to be accepting and exciting of someone that they're excited about. And so she shared that with me and, and I felt, I felt okay about it. I thought it was, I felt bad for her that she was having to go through something like that. But we went to my house, met parents, hung out. Um, but it, it really, as we got more serious about our relationship, it, it became more and more like, okay, how are we going to handle this, this situation? And so I look back now and I'm so thankful for that opportunity because I can say that my wife and I, because we had to wrestle through some heavier conversations in our engagement, um, we skipped over some things in our marriage that like we didn't mess with because we just, we were so heavy in prayer and fasting for her parents that we had a unity during engagement that was, I think, kind of rare for most people. Um, engagement is more of a time of like definitely some marriage counseling, but you're just planning for this marriage. Whereas we were like, hey, we're praying for souls. We're praying for unity for us. We're praying that we would be strong together. We're praying for peace. We're praying that we have the right attitude, um, that the Holy Spirit would just shine during this whole process. And so um, they aren't believers. And so we were just praying that like they would come to know Jesus through this process. And so um, as we went through the engagement season, the first hurdle was her telling her mom, because her mom, although she wasn't going to handle it great, we knew that she would handle it better than her dad would, because her dad was the one that, I think just had a negative view of people of color, and it wasn't something he was looking for, but if you if you listen to his life story, I'm surprised he turned out so well. Um, and so I had a lot of grace for the man, because I'd seen so much, I wouldn't even say racism, but I'd just seen a lot of like judgment of people because of what you see on TV or what you perceive. And so I always lived in this place when I lived in Louisiana of I'm black, but none of the African-American people really accepted me because I was African. And then I spoke like I speak now, um, but a lot of the white people didn't accept me because I wasn't like white enough. So I only fit with like other people from other nations. Like we actually sat at a table together um, and everyone in the school called it the UN table because it was like people from Jordan, people from Palestine, people from Argentina. Like it was really cool. I mean, but it was like that we were the only ones that fit and we all played soccer and because it was like the universal language. And so, you know, her mom was definitely the first hurdle and 
I went with her when she went to go share with her mom, and her mom was really disappointed, um, which was – I was so proud of Stephanie because she just – it was like she just came in like a boss, was like, no, this is what's going on, and we're not going to freak out about it. And I was like, my gosh, I'm marrying this amazing woman of God. <laughs> She's intimidating me. But it was sad because she wanted to tell her mom – you want your family to love that you're in love. And so she told her mom – and her mom was scared. Um, I think her mom wanted to be excited, but she was more scared of how is um, my husband going to respond to this because I'm the one at home. And he wasn't physical or anything like that, but you just don't want to be at home with someone that's angry and you don't want to be the bearer of bad news. So it came down to during a Thanksgiving, Stephanie went down to have Thanksgiving with her parents or, or some meal, and she shared with her dad, and her dad was not happy. He was not happy at all, and he kind of brought up some other things that were just from her past, and it was just like, and you did this, and you did this. So it was just hard, really hard. But again, it, we just started praying and fasting, and when you're going through a trial, you just become more attentive to the voice of God. And we felt like the Lord was going to make everything work out. And we had an unbelievable community around us. When, they, when people heard the story, they like rallied. And they're like, we cannot believe that's happening for you. The flowers for your wedding, we're going to give them to you at cost. And our pastor, John, bought her dress. And it was a beautiful dress. And... Um, photography, like the photographs were free. Like as soon as people heard the story, they were like, we are behind you. We are praying. So it wasn't just the prayers of my wife and I, it was the prayers of our community because they were like, not angry at her parents, but they were like, God's doing something. We're for you. We're praying with you. We're believing the best out of this situation. And so at one point, like, so her dad knew that we were dating. They knew that we were dating, but I knew that I wanted to marry this woman, and so I was like, I'm going to call her dad and just, you know, tell him, like, hey, this is the deal. Um, it sounds really brave, but, I, like, my heart was beating out of my chest because I'd never seen the man. I'd never, I'd, and I, I didn't know anything about it. So I call him, my heart's beating, and I'm, like, telling him all this stuff, and he, I could tell he was upset, but I think he was just as scared as I was, and I think he was scared of, his, of the perception that he had in his mind. I don't think he was racist. Um, I get, and, and I think I might have a different definition of racism than most people. Um, but I just, I didn't think he hated me. And I didn't think he hated me because of the color of his skin. I think he was scared of me. I think he was scared of his perception becoming a reality with his daughter. And I think I was able to separate that. And the Holy Spirit just gave me a different view of him where I, I, I kind of fell in love with him. Like, before, but I was definitely still scared. And so I just told him, and you know, his questions came from a great place. He was like, you know, do you have a job? You got all this stuff. And it might've come from a place of judgment of assumption of, you know, black people having no job or whatever, but he wanted to know that his daughter was going to be taken care of, but he still wasn't for it. And I wish I could say it was like this awesome conversation where he was like, Oh, like black people are awesome. I just thought you were this way. Thank you for opening my eyes. I love you, son. Like, but it wasn't like that. It was just like, all right, we're done here. All right, bye. And we finished. And I don't know what it was, but I just felt like the God was like, he's going to be there. Like he, he's, this is going to work. And he was not happy. 
and he said he wasn't coming to the wedding. And so we had to plan like some of Stephanie's friends walking her down the aisle, just the whole nine. So we got closer and closer to the wedding and we were like overcoming, we were praying, believing, and we had planned for just for her mom and her, her brother to be there, but not her dad. And then I think it was either like one week before the wedding, she gets a call from her dad and he was like, hey, I'm at like Macy's trying on a suit. Um, can I have the honor of walking you down the aisle? And it was like, we were done, you know, like, like it was just, a, it was nothing we could have said. It was just the Holy Spirit going ahead of us. And um, she was like, yes. And we were just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, well, you know, good for you. Like he walks you down the aisle, then he hands him off to me. I don't know if we're good. Like, what's he going to say when he gets down the aisle to me? Like, hey dude, don't mess this up. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a lack of, you know, you know. They say fear is false evidence appearing real, and so I didn't. I was like, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, this is great, thank you, God. And you know, the day of the wedding, it was like just beautiful. All of our friends are there, and it was like our community. It was like they weren't just there to like celebrate our marriage. It was like they were there to say, "We're with you." Like we are for this union and we are going to make it work. It was, I mean, it's easy for me to say that because it was like my wedding, but it was like, you could tell it was a wedding that was purposeful. It wasn't just a celebration. It was like, we're going to help these people make it. And it was like, it was, it was insane. Incredible. Um, And we had no, I mean, I was making no money during this time and God provided every penny. Like every penny, I was making $1,500 a month, but God said to marry this woman. And I mean, I wasn't going to disagree with him. She was awesome. She still is awesome. Um, But it was just like everything, like didn't have money for the ring. Somehow we got this amazing ring for next to nothing. Like my parents pitched in. Uh, It was like, it was crazy. And so God was like, I'm not just going to give you a wedding. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you union. And I'm going to you, give you reconciliation. And so at the wedding, he walks down the aisle with her. And she was looking amazing. And I'm seeing, like, I'm smiling the whole time. I can't stop smiling. And he says, uh, he walks her down the aisle, hands her off, and he says, welcome to the family. And I just think, like, it was the greatest picture I've ever seen of racial reconciliation. It was unity all of that and he is an unbelievable grandfather to our to our kids he is we he, if you bring him in the house he, he's not going to stop talking to me asking me questions about work asking me questions about life um he's not perfect and neither am i but like we haven't had an argument ever with either of them and they always want to be around our kids and so the holy spirit just worked on him and and i mean we're moving to Austin. They're helping us move. And um, I, I love this man, and, I, and he loves me too. And I just think, you know, for me, this has been just a great reminder of just what God can do through prayer and that, like, God wants to reconcile people, like, more than we could ever imagine. It's the cross. It's like he died to reconcile us to the Father. And so in this marriage this marriage, which is just a, a perfect depiction of God's love for the church, he brings two people from opposite sides of the road and says, I'm going to do more than just marry you guys. I'm going to reconcile 
a person from a negative view of a person and a person who's imperfect and I'm going to reconcile this whole thing and I'm going to make you um, I'm going to make you uh, someone that's going to show this to the world and we really feel like my wife and I are we have that kind of calling not to go around and just go we're like we're two races in one but we just feel like when people see us together it breaks down some barriers um, and they're and we're they can ask the questions thank you for listening today Our mission is to revive the church to the power of a spirit-filled life. There are several ways you can partner with the Unseen Story. One, pray for God's leading as we pursue more of the Unseen. Two, subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Three, share this podcast with your friends. Four, contribute financially at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much and have a great day.